Cameroon. The country shapes like an expecting Mali. Pregnant with resources, pregnant with opportunity. Filled with diversity and a deeply rich history. Africa in miniature. A true expression of Africa's okay, beauty. Okay, okay, okay. We get it. Hey guys, welcome to our very first episode on Hidden Carries. Today, we'll be taking you on a naming ceremony. We'll be traveling across the southwest region through to the northwest region. And we will be visiting a couple of mothers, you know. I know it sounds weird, but never mind. You get the gist of it soon enough. She keeps calling it a naming ceremony, but to me, it's more like an anniversary because we are going back to these places to understand the history behind the names of those borders. Erg, I hate how he comes into history every damn time. I promise we're not that boring. At least the stories are. Trust me, most of these stories, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like most of the stories are very fun. In fact, we'll let you be the judge of that because we'll be bringing you some of the scoops and in our own wordings. And some of them you hear from the horse's mouth themselves. We're going to make our first stop on our journey and we're going to be stopping at Limbe, the town of friendship. Okay, for anybody who has been to Limbe, you know of Cité Sonora and Cité Sik. Well, they have kind of interesting stories behind those names. Cité Sonora was a housing initiative brought up by the oil refinery company Sonora to house its workers. And Cité Sik has an even or slightly different story from Cité Sonora. SIC is the name of a company called Societe Immobilier du Cameroon, and their job is to build low-income houses across the country. Now, the way Cité SIC, the SIC houses work are they will build a house and then they give that house out for rent. And after some time, it's like, I don't know the business word for it, but after some time, as you pay the rent, you're automatically buying the house. So the settlement that was built by SIC in Limbe, it's one very beautiful quarter that they called it Cité SIC. So guys, next up we have Clark's Quarters. So Clark's is literally the British kind of name or British English kind of name for sectaries. And back then it was a settlement where most of the sectaries had houses or um, established houses for themselves. And it eased um, um, communication from their bosses and stuff like that. So it's easy for the boss to bring work and to communicate work-related issues. So since most sectaries settled in that area, it was called Clark's Quarters. Then the next is Lumsum. It's going to be a bit difficult for me to go through this without being a bit redundant, but please bear with me, okay? So lump in English is like a chunk of something. And back then, civil service workers were paid in lumps, like a huge chunk of something. What we have in current working society for the civil service workers as the grow loan. So like you work for a couple of times and maybe they'll be paying you like just small, small. Then at some point in time, they give you like huge amount of money. <clears throat> for those who are in the civil service, I mean, if you have somebody in the civil service, you get If you don't get it, forget about it. So now we're going to talk about one of the most epic tales in our journey. We're going to be stopping at Sokolo, or rather the settlement of Sokolo. It's quite an interesting story. This one is really such an old soul. Anyways, guys, the whole gist of it, um, we didn't think we could tell this particular story completely in our own terms. And it was better from the horse's mouth. And the horses is more like the OGs, people who lived in this time 
so they know the story better and they said it better. We're going to listen to it the way it was narrated by them. UPC was challenging Naito. Yes, because UPC fought the French. UPC that was like the nationalist movement that fought for Cameroon independence. Mm-hmm. But when the time reached to gain independence, the French in their tricky manner, since they knew that the UPCs, the UPC leaders, yes, were full nationalists and will not accept the continuation of French hegemony. They silently picked a speech. Yes, who was Aito and handed power to him. So even when they handed power to him, the Matizas, the UPCs who were fighting for independence, continued to fight Aijo. So in the course of trying to fight Aijo, Aijo now started outright repression with the assistance of the French gendarmerie. And that is how Bamilikis ran into West Cameroon for refuge. Yes. That is how Basas ran into West Cameroon for refuge. So if you see this in Sokolo in Limbe, Katia Sokolo, which you call Sokolo, it is actually the Sokolo. Yes. Uh-huh. And it is because of what? Because it was inhabited in the greatest majority by Basas who ran away from who were UPC members and who ran to come and take refuge in West Cameroon. So we received them and gave them where to settle. Yeah. And the bulk of them settled in uh, uh, Isokolo there. I named and we named the place uh, Isokolo Quarter. Yeah. That's what has become Sokolo today. Now, it's not really the story of how Isokolo got its name, but it's more about the inhabitants or a certain group of inhabitants in Isokolo because we know that in Isokolo there's also, what do they call them? The Mokindi people, right? The Mokindi. Mokindi village, actually. Okay, yes, there's the Mokindi village as well. So this is not concerning the inhabitants of Mokindi, but another part of the inhabitants of Isokolo. So... To be honest, yes, some of us grew up having, uh, I know I remember an aunt or an elderly person in my life insulting somebody I know, insulting me, insulting a cousin, insulting a family friend, Makisa. <laughs> it was quite revealing to know what that word actually meant. So to be called Makisa like means you're literally a rebel basa or bamileke. Nah. Okay, so guys, our next stop is Kumba, aka K Town. Raise your hands up if you're from K Town. Our first stop is Alaska Street, and Alaska Street got its name from an Alaska company. Okay, so it wasn't the big company like we know now in the Western world and whatever, but they make Alaska. And what differentiated this Alaska from them? Alaska, a mom will make and give her children to go sell was the fact that the Alaska was sealed on both ends. So homemade Alaska would typically be sealed just on one end, but this one was sealed on both ends. And the conservation was stronger than the ones you make probably at home. Then they had all the employed young boys who were dispatched with bicycles. They put the Alaska in coolers and then they go around selling it and these boys were the ish of the town like they were the talk of the town so much so though that 
the people that retold this story tell us that people aspired to be bike men because back then having a bicycle or riding a bicycle was such a big deal the norm was trekking so these people just the fact that they rode on bicycles they sell these things and everything when they walk around people stand on the streets like to greet them to wave at them <laughs> anyways that's how alaska got its name because of that company there so basically the alaska boys were the guest men on bicycles of the 90s and the 70s mm, something like that of course actually of course they were but my thing is this this is what mm, this is the one question that i walked away with because like if back then we had such a producer mindset where did we go wrong because right now i mean that was okay let's not say innovative innovative but that was quite a cool idea because our society now is more of a consumer society we just consume 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 there's very little or less production right now but that's my take anyways would love to know what you think i think that, that that's a question for a whole other episode that's a question for a whole other episode. Definitely, but please share your comments. Like, what what do you really think about? Anyways, what do you think? What's your take when you hear our stories? But without further ado, let's move to for Minky Street. Ooh, visit Kumba, visit Limbe, visit. <laughs> you just need to go around Cameroon if you're not in Cameroon. Visit Cameroon, and that's it. That's our period. But yeah. Fominki Street was named after the richest Bangor man at that time, whose name was Fominki. I just have to take a pause because mm, 99.99. <laughs> Anyways, he was the richest Bangor man. Um, and then he was into exportation and importation of cocoa. So this man was this rich that he owned a horse and not just the horse he owned a white horse <laughs> aijo used to travel all the way from yawundi to come for weekends at this man's place yes he was he was that big that big so yeah so that was bad for me yeah for me to yeah they used to call him Buddhist professor, no, he was not a Buddhist professor. They forgotten that his own title that he had. So Aijo used to that's visit him. Aijo used to even visit him. Yes. Yeah. Aijo, yes. He was very conscious that to keep Cameroon one, he had to continuously lobby and liaise with the principal anglophone, the principal architect of reunification. So his house was different from all the houses that were being constructed back then. More like the houses that were being constructed back then were more attached houses or cardboard houses, but his was like a solid block house. Let it not sound strange to you that some of these things actually existed. You know, one of the OGs actually told me that how they used to um, move about within their villages and within the quarters with a lamp, like a bush lamp in the 70s means there has been a huge gap in development from the 70s to now. It's, it's really very, very interesting. 
it is and i even like from my own end it was more of to get to school by 7 a.m you have to literally walk through the bushes so you guys assemble like in um, large numbers so that you guys can walk through the bushes because you never know you might get eaten you might get beaten it was really not that safe but still they made those walks like you walk such long distances you walk two hours three hours just to get to school <laughs> us the ordinary trek if your parents tell you to trek to school you know that they have just punished you why would my mom not give me allowance why would they not give me money for taxi hey these people were trekking but anyways it makes sense because there was no form of transportation we grew up in a world of okay there was at least a form of transportation so i guess it was just very mean for you to tell me to trek when i can take a bus or i can take a taxi the long and short of it is we thank god for development because well we're not exactly. able exactly so after kumba where are we going to after kumba we're going to the northwest Mapa Menda, eh, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a Bamenda man, you're listening to this pod, you will live long. You you will have children. In short, you are doing well. This is how people already know your tribe, dear. We proud of who we are. Gary, get me. We hear you. Cut to the chase. They cut away. Where's the, where's the first stop? Who are we visiting first? The first of us stopping at Mobile. Anybody oh. who has been to Bamenda, you know Mobile. You know Mobile. Now in Mobile, there are two streets. We know of Cow Street, we know of Ghana Street. But the way these streets get their names are quite interesting. I'm going to leave an OG to explain to you how Cow Street got its name. But for Ghana Street, I'm going to pipe in because Ghana Street has nothing to do with the country Ghana. It has nothing to do with Ghana Mosgos. It actually has everything to do with Pa Guarantee, the owner of Guarantee Express. Pa Guarantee, who died. Yes. He was a Bamlike man who came and settled there and opened a store and put the name Ghana. And the store was a very popular store there. So they called, they used that store now to name that Old Street. Ghana Old Street. From there, he became a. A, a bus agency owner, a hotel owner, amongst others, but that was the basis. Now for okay, Cow Street. Okay, now my thing is, yeah, this Ghana. Why was his shop named Ghana? There must have been some inspiration. There must have been something, maybe a product, maybe a slang. Now how these things go, but anyways, we'll obviously be bringing you all of that. The details behind the details is the reason why you have hidden tariffs. So. Trust us, we'll bring you everything, everything and anything that we get. Now to Cow Street. Why they call that street Cow Street is because there is, there used to be the cattle market up station there, mm-hmm. up at Menangwe. When you are going to Bamenda, you pass through the old road, to, sorry, new road. When you cross where they were dumping that, uh, yeah, around the banjo side. That banjo side like that. When you take that bend, to cross that stream, uh, up that hill there, there's a cattle market there. That cattle market had been existing for ages, for a very long time. And then the whole of Bamenda, they had only one slaughterhouse that was around where Ayaba is. 
Niona sana. Mm-hmm. So on a daily basis people were going to that heat. Yeah, when they buy cows there. The two people hold the cows now. Mm-hmm. The cow. One person behind and one person ahead. They will start hitting the cow and running with the cow till it reaches the slaughterhouse. They used to pass when they come down from that banja street like that. You know uh, Totankwe? Yes. The other small total down. Yes, yes, that small total down. Yes. We cross that uh, stream. There's a, a pharmacy. Okay, there. yes, somewhere around my two junction. Yes, before you climb up to my two. You understand that? Mm-hmm. Before you climb up to my two, where the colleagues have built that chain of stores near the, the graveyard. Yes, like I that. know it, I know it. Yes. There's a road there that comes out. When they leave that hill, they come and pass through that road. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as they go, as they just reach that total like that, they take that cow street. So on daily basis, cows were passing there. That is why they called it cow street. And the last street we are going to talk about is, oh, it's not really a street, it's more like a junction. Now it's almost around the same area. So you have Cow Street, Ghana Street, it connects in a roundabout, and that junction that leads upward towards Sunak Street is Gaines Junction. Now, Gaines Junction story, it's kind of like for Menke Street story because it it got its name because of the popular man who built his house there. His name was Pangin. Gaines Junction. There's somebody who there's one man who used to live and gang Pangin. His compound is still there now. At that junction, that small roundabout like that, there's a compound inside there, there, there like that. Where that small root goes up like yes. that? Yes. That is Ngeng's house. So they use that man's name to name yeah. that junction. And that particular junction like that, accidents used to have happened there. Because any vehicle that is coming from station and misses or loses brakes ends up there. That's all we have for you on this episode. We hope you enjoyed our naming ceremony as much as we did. Um, to those who were born or those who lived part of their childhoods in Limbe, in Kumba, those who have had the privileges of traveling to this area in Bamenda as well. Definitely, we know that these stories are not exhaustive. We don't have everything yet, and that's where you all come in. So if you have any story, if you know of how a quarter got its name and Feel free to write to us, please. We'll love to share the stories. But meanwhile, we'll, we'll always be updating this. Um, so consider this maybe just part one. Because as we get more stories, we'll go to more areas, go through the littoral region, go through. I would love to go to the center region because, damn. They Those have, people have epic ha, names. They have epic names of quarters, please. Right. Biscuiterie. How do you call it? Quota biscuiterie. Bogada. <laughs> <laughs> They're just crazy names. Eh? No, but I heard Vogue is kind of like for Pamenda people. I heard Vogue was kind of like the people of. I don't know. We have to verify all the stories, but. Yeah. 
so we are pleased and you know there's some insights but we're going to only bring you what is clear what is affirmed what is sure but yeah if your town isn't actually mentioned and you want us to give a shout out you want to you have some history about your town that you want to share with us by the time this episode comes up we'll have social media handles and all that you could get to us and share any stories so once again this brings us to the end of our naming ceremony slash naming anniversary and if you made it this far thank you thank you thank you thank you you are the real in fact the real sg and until we come your way again guys we are your host two inquisitive minds and this is Hidden Towers.